We're going to, some of you may say praise the Lord this morning. We're going to move out of 2 Corinthians this morning. Um, I, I, uh, in all seriousness, I, I sat down and started studying last week, and uh, I, just, I just felt like I was hitting a block. I just couldn't, uh, you know, I kept reading and kept looking at chapter 7 in 2 Corinthians and reading and rereading and praying and finally come to the realization sometimes I'm pretty hard-headed that uh, that wasn't where I was supposed to be. And uh, so I felt like I needed to be over in, in, in the book of Luke this morning and Lord willing this morning and maybe next Sunday too if it's, if it's the Lord's will. But, um, and no, I'm not going right off to chapter 2, so we're going we're gonna to look at chapter 1 actually. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the Lord this morning. His word... Tell you, I'm thankful for His Word. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than that. I mean, just thankful that He saved me, but uh, thankful for His Word because I'll probably repeat myself, but it's uh, His Word's amazing. That may, go, may y'all may think that's a silly thing to say, but His Word is, is truly amazing. And I mean, the twenty some years ago when I got saved, I. I didn't understand, and there's a whole lot of stuff I still don't understand, a whole lot of stuff, and there's a whole lot of stuff I never will understand about God's Word, but, you know, one thing I do understand is, is the fact that He has a desire to share it with us, and I'm thankful for that, I'm thankful for that this morning, so, but, um, yeah, I started, uh, I started thinking about, of course, you know, with Christmas upon us, and, and the, the true meaning of the season, and uh, it just... I just couldn't get away from, from the book of Luke, and I started to read a little bit, and uh, uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 in chapter 1 of the book of Luke just to kind of start, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, before we do, and I should have said this before we prayed, but I, uh, I, went, to the, uh, I went to the eye doctor Friday morning, and um, as I was sitting there, the girl that did the exam, not the doctor, but this, their, their assistant, whatever, went through and did my examination and everything, and we were talking in the back room before the doctor come in, and we were chit-chatting about Christmas, and she was telling me she's got this six- or seven-year-old son, and just chit-chatting, very friendly. And uh, as she was getting ready to leave, she said, well, the doctor will be in in a minute. And I said, I said uh, do you go to church anywhere? And uh, she was at the door, and she didn't even turn and look at me or anything. All she said was, we don't do church at my house. And she closed the door. And, you know, I told Lori, you know, I, I, was, going, I was going up the road after that. I had some errands to run, and I had, a, had an hour drive. I was going somewhere over towards Spencer Friday. And I said, you know, going up the road, it just bothered me. I mean, it really bothered me. I didn't get a chance to... I don't know if she would have listened if I would have had a chance. The Lord didn't deem fit to give me an opportunity. I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But uh, it just bothered me. I mean, and I thought, you know, how many other people are there out there this morning, you know, that in that situation, especially those with young kids that say, I don't do church. You know, I, I, and, and I don't know if she heard me or not, but before the door shut, I mean, it just come out. I couldn't help it. I just said, that is so sad. I mean, that's all I could, I mean, I, I didn't know, I just, it, that's all I could say, and, and the door shut, and that was it, but uh, I just, 
it's right. That's right. That's right. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know her name, but the Lord knows who she is. And I'm going to try to continue to remember to pray for her that something will happen that will help her see, you know, for her benefit as well as for her son, that, you know, Christ is at the beginning of Christmas. I mean, is the reason for Christmas. Uh, Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And, you know, I thought about, I thought about Luke, and, and, and I never really, you know, had given a whole lot of thought to Luke. I mean, and, and I just kind of, I didn't do a whole lot of reading about him, but a little bit, very, well, very little. But a couple of things. I mean, we know he wrote two books of the Bible. We know he wrote this book, and we know he wrote the book of Acts. And, but he was a very intelligent man. I mean, he was educated from what, what, what little bit I read about him. He was educated probably similar to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, if you remember, he was a very well-educated man. And Luke was probably as well-educated. I mean, he was a doctor as well. So, um, and the book that he wrote, you know, well, let me back up. He's very, I want us to keep in mind, he's a very knowledgeable man, and he's, and he's detail-oriented. And you can tell this from the, from the verses, the way that the words that he uses here. And the book that he wrote is written to the Greeks, and that's important. That's important for us to note because the Greeks were a people, they were all focused on knowledge and all focused on learning. I mean, that was what drove them. I mean, that was, that drove them, knowledge and learning. And he was very knowledgeable, Luke, of the Greek language, and he was very well versed in how to, in the written Greek word, okay? Now, you all say that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, it doesn't really mean either, but my point being, is he was very well versed. He could he could he could converse with these folks, and he could get to them in writing very clearly on their in the way that they related to things. And that's my purpose in trying to, to to mention this. He knew the Greek culture, and he wrote this book in a very detailed manner. Okay, descriptive, detailed, to bring the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ to the Greek culture. I mean, that's, he wrote, it was written for that. Now, it's written for us too, don't get me wrong, but at the time it was written, it was focused on the Greeks. And, you know, the Greeks, they were focused on the perfect man. That's what they were looking for. They were, they were looking for the perfect man from a worldly perspective. Their gods, they were in the image of men. They, were, they even put their images in, in the likeness of themselves even. I mean, that's, they were focused on the perfect man. And um, Luke wrote this book to present the perfect man to them. That's why he wrote this book. And, um, and the perfect man being Jesus Christ, the Son, the one and only, the Son of God, the one and only God. And he presents the person of Jesus Christ as the perfect divine man and the Savior of the world. And from what I read, Jesus was, well, not, of the four Gospels, 
that the book of Luke probably has more, has a more complete historical narrative of all the four Gospels. I mean, he provides probably more references to customs, to geography, history of that period than any of the other Gospels. And, you know, when, when I, I never had really given it that much thought, but as I went back and even just reread these four verses, you look at how much detail is packed into these four verses of this, of this book. I mean, and so he was writing to, to intellectuals, okay? He was writing to, to intellectuals of that time is really what he was, he was writing to. And he wanted to be clear and detailed to this culture because that's what they were looking for. They were looking for, they were looking for information. They were looking for, for whether it was true or information or not, okay? They were, that's, all they, that's what drove them was information, data. They wanted to, they wanted to keep, continue to always better themselves from a worldly perspective, keep in mind. So he presented Jesus Christ to them as the perfect man because he was the perfect man. He is the perfect man. The universal man, the very person that they were looking for. That's how, that's how he presented him. And, I mean, that goes for us too, but so I hope that, I, hope that, I mean, like I said, I, it's the detail. When we look in verse 1, he says, for as, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth, and I like how he uses, he uses the word in order. He mentions it a couple of times in these first four verses. In order. And you look at the detail of what we see, what we're told in this, in this verse. And Luke says he knows that there's many who have documented the life of Jesus Christ. He says he knows that for a fact. And these were documented, and again, in order. I think, I think he said that. He made those points in order, detail, because he wanted them to, when they read this, when he talked to them, no doubt. There was no doubt. There was no, no speculation. Here it is, black and white. This is the information. And this is, this is who he is. This is who he is. And um, he says here in the last part of that verse, Things which are most surely believed among us. I mean, he was convinced, not because of what men had said, but because he knew. I mean, he knew within himself, okay, within, because the Holy Spirit had revealed it to him. But in verse 2, he goes on and he says, Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the, of the word. And... Luke tells us for certain that those providing the documentation and the details were eyewitnesses of what they were sharing and documenting. And I, I was, I, yesterday morning I was going through my notes and I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through my notes one more time. And I got down to this part and I couldn't get past this eyewitness comment. I just started thinking about that. And I thought, you know, where do we, how do we see we know that this is God's word. We know the Bible is God's word, and it was written for all of us to understand, okay, to give account of, of what we need, that we need God in our lives, that we need a relationship with the Lord. And, but I couldn't get past this, this word eyewitness and, and the accounts that are given. In John 15, 27, he, Jesus told his disciples, or told the apostles, I'm sorry. He said, and ye also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And you say, what's the important thing about that? Luke is, is, is wanting us to understand that what is being told in, in the book that he wrote or the books that he wrote and in the, in the word of God, that this is not something that's been made up. It's something that's well documented. It's something that, that people experience. People, and he met those people. He knew those people. And he's using those as, as true accounts 
to help people understand because that's the most important thing is for people to understand that God's word is God's word and that God's word is what's going to provide them the link that, that they need if they're ever going to have a relationship with Almighty God. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole purpose. But, so, but he says also back here in Luke chapter 24... Right near the end of the, of the book of Luke. Listen to what he says here. Luke, it's 24, verse 48. He says, Actually, I'm going to read verses 44 through 48. This is Jesus and says, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, which I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus as it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And look at what verse 48 says, and ye are witnesses of these things. You know, I thought about, how, do you, how can you deny the fact? I mean, think about these men, they witnessed these things. Now, I'm sure they didn't understand completely, but they saw what they saw. And nobody could say they didn't see what they saw. They saw what they saw, and did they grasp the whole thing about what was coming and what they were going to do in the ministry for him? Probably not. But he told them, you're, you're witnesses of these things. You know what? The day that I got saved, Jesus Christ said, you're a witness of what I've done for you. I mean, he told me that. I mean, and he witnessed to me that I am who I say I am. I am who God's word says I am because I am the word. And he witnessed to me, but I'm trying not getting this out very well. I mean... <laughs> The thing that I'm trying to get across is the fact that God has given us his word and he's given us accounts in his word that we can know for sure beyond a fact that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And that the reason that that we have this book is that we can be saved from an eternity of hell separated from eternal separation from God. That's that's what I'm trying to... I'm not getting it out very well this morning, but y'all pray for me. But... um, and I thought about these, these other, again, this eyewitness accounts. And Paul tells us, Paul gives us an account in Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to turn back there. In verses 1 through 4. This is pretty familiar scripture, but I think there's some, some things in here that, that maybe I look over, maybe we look over sometimes. It says uh, Hebrews 2 verse, uh, verse 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. I mean, to me, that's a, there's, there's people told, people have told us, you know, people prayed for me, somebody invited me to church one day, okay, they, they cared about me, they, they, they were sharing the word of God with me, trying to share the word of God with me, they were inviting me to church because they knew I had a need, you know, we, when we hear something, it says here, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. I need to give more earnest heed to the things I've heard. I mean, the things that as God speaks to me, I need, I give, need to give more earnest heed to those things. For he goes on to say, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every 
transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? And that's what I guess that's what I'm trying to get across is these eyewitness accounts, we don't have to wonder. You know, there shouldn't be any doubt in our mind. And if we just get folks that, that don't go to church, folks that don't believe, folks that have never opened up the word of God maybe, if we could just help them understand that if they would just open God's word and allow him to speak to them, that they would be revealed to them the, the truth. You know, because there's plenty of, there's plenty of, of eyewitness accounts I mean, we know everything in his word is true, but there's plenty, you know, people, even today, I thought how everybody wants, everybody's looking for that, that, that perfect thing, whatever that perfect thing is, whether it's physical thing, whether it's a personal thing, they're all looking for, for that thing. And I just thought, you know what, right in here in this word, God can show them what, that, what they really need if they're not saved. And those of us that are saved, if I'm looking for something else, and I'm not content, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I never don't get uncontent because there's times that, and I have to ask the Lord to forgive me because, I mean, there's sometimes I'm not grateful enough. I'm just not. But those that don't have him, they're missing the greatest piece of contentment. They'll never know true contentment until they meet Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Go ahead, Gil. Yep, that's it. You probably said it better than I did. Because <laughs> that was the point. He wanted to make sure he wanted to have their confidence. He wanted them to be, he wanted to draw them in and help them, for them to understand that he was telling them the truth. But, um, where was I here? Uh, God, and then in verse 4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. I mean, he's given us, I mean, God's word is full. Of accounts. I mean, I'm just I'm just picking out a few, but that's that's the thing that as I as I was trying to study and I couldn't just I just couldn't get past this is the fact that there's no reason to have any doubt about the authenticity of God's word. I mean, in His word, there's plenty of accounts, there's plenty of sources where we can see that everything in His word is true. But um, let me go back to Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. And Peter tells us this. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. I'm getting the right book. It says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. I mean, he's telling us, He's telling people to read this. I was a witness. I saw the things that Christ went through. I saw. I was with him, and I saw these things. And he goes on over in, in the second book that he wrote, 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me read verses 12 through 21. And listen to what he tells us. He says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. I tell you, it's always been important to be established, to be grounded, and to know the truth. But in the times that we live in, it is critical that we know the truth. I mean, it is critical that we know 
what we stand for, why we stand for what we stand, so that if somebody asks us, you know, just like Luke was concerned about wanting to give them a clear, concise, detailed answer and understanding and documentation of, of why Jesus Christ is who he says he is, I need to be able to do the same thing if somebody asks me that question. Why do you believe? You know, why, why do you think the Bible's true? I need to be able to, to, to come back with an answer, one that's going to help them understand, that's going to, if nothing else, get the wheels turning in their mind as to, well, you know what? Maybe he is who he says he is. But, you know, that's... But he goes on to say, Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Keep in mind, Peter here, he knew that his, time, his days were numbered. The Lord had spoken to him. If I'm in my... Yeah, if I've got... Yeah. He had already told him that he was, it wasn't going to be long before he was going to leave this world. Peter knew that. And, and listen, when, I think when we take those things into account and we look at what he wrote, I mean, there was some urgency here to what he was telling us. And he said, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy Whereunto you do well that you take heed is unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Pay attention to what he tells us here. They were, but, by, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I mean, that, is a, that right there is an account is, is a documentation, if you, I mean, anybody that could read that and still doubt that Christ is who he says he is, I feel sorry for him. I mean, it's, it's clear, it's crystal clear. But, and then John tells, he gives us account. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to exhaust, you know, I know there's others, but if we go back to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, listen to what John says. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. He said, not only did we see, not only were we with him, but we actually, we touched him. We, I mean, we were with him. The word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have been and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Tell you what, when I was reading and studying, that stirs my heart. I mean, there's things when we read, I mean, I think how pathetic of a, of a person am I for him at times. I mean, I'm just, I don't want your sympathy. I just being, I'm just being honest. I told you all when I tried just to be crystal clear with you, and I just thought, as I read these verses, and I look at these accounts of these men, I just thought, how pathetic 
I am at times in my service for him and how I'd live for him. That's, I mean, there's no, I mean, what he's done for us, it's just amazing. When we spend time in his word and we think of it and we, and we look at, Lord willing, next week at, at how he planned out, he, his word is truly amazing. I mean, truly amazing. And to think that he allows me to stand here and try to share it on a Sunday morning. I mean, what a privilege it is, but at the same time, he's an awesome God. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Boy, I just feel like I'm just all, I'm all messed up this morning. But, but uh, it's, uh, turn to, to the book of Mark, chapter 1. <laughs> book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1. Verse 1 says it all. Mark says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. What else do you need to know? I mean, those, these are just examples of, of, of accounts, okay? I'm going I'm to move on. So in verse 3, I'm going to go back to Luke. Luke chapter 1, verse 3. He goes on and he says, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding... Of all these things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. And in verse 3, Luke tells us that he's examined these things to be true. That's the thing about Luke. You can rest assured if he was a doctor, he probably did some thorough examination of things. Okay? I mean, we can rest assured of that. And he's convinced of the authenticity of these things. He goes on to tell us that he was moved to write and document these things. You know, and the thing that I hadn't really thought about about Luke was Luke traveled with the Apostle Paul, okay? He had firsthand knowledge of, of being with Paul and seeing the power of God work, not just in Paul's life, but those around Paul. And uh, he was probably, from what I read, he was probably a convert of Paul's, from what I read. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but, but he reiterates in verse 3 for us the perfect understanding that he has and again emphasizes the order he wants us, Luke wants us to know the details. I can't reiterate that enough. I mean, he wants us to know the details. I mean, God wants us to know the details. He's given us his word. He's given us his word for us to know the details. Um, but, you know, thinking about Luke, there was a couple, a couple of verses. Let me flip back here. 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Read a couple here. I know it's almost time to quit. But, you know, Luke... He lived out what he believed. Okay, I mean, he, you say, well, he was, he was a special man. Yes, he was, but he lived out what he believed. He, he was obedient to the Lord, and he did what the Lord had called him to do. And 1 Corinthians one twenty six says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. I mean, the Bible tells us there's, there's unfortunately those that are Call it rich if you want to by worldly standards, wise, smart, intelligent. Few of those will answer the call that God's put on their life. But when we look at Luke, we see we see a man who he was highly intelligent. He was probably of stature of that day. And yet he understood when God called him, he understood that it was Almighty God that was calling him. And the last comment I'm going to make is he and the Apostle Paul 
I believe they had a special bond. I don't know that for a fact. I didn't read this, and Pastor Tom can correct me, but I believe they did. And the reason I say that is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, let me read you what, a couple of words that, that Paul wrote. And this was, this was before Paul was, Paul was getting ready to, to move on. The Lord was going to take him out of this world. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says this, Verse 11, first one, two, three, first five words, only Luke is with me. That tells me that Luke spent a lot of time with the Apostle Paul and, again, gives more credence. Not that it needs to give any more credence, but, I mean, he, he knew firsthand. So, but um, I'll just try to wrap this thing up. I mean, verse 4, he says he wants us to be certain of who Jesus Christ really is, and he's going to give us details. As we get farther into his book, He's going to give us details and history to support who Christ is so we can be certain. Okay? And I'm, not, I'm not standing here trying to say that there's doubt upon God's word. That's not why I'm saying what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if, if you have doubt or you need assurance, God's word is where you're going to get it. It's, there's plenty in there to, to, to give to you. Um, but these first four verses, they're a powerful beginning, I think, to the book of Luke. I mean, they, Luke wanted people reading this to have assurance, to have certainty, so I'm going to end with this. Do you have, where's your assurance this morning? You know, do you have assurance in Christ? Um, do you know that you're a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ? Are you on solid ground this morning? Or are you unsure? Romans 10:17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's where it comes from. You're not going to get faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're not going to get it from a psychologist. You're not going to get it from a sociologist. You're not going to get it by reading a motivational book. That's not where it's going to come from. It comes from finding Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's going to come by hearing and accepting the true Word of God. That's where it's going to come from.